0: Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. This week we're talking about Superman.
1: And not only just Superman, but the great puppet master. No, don't, don't look behind that curtain. <laughs>
0: Mr. Oz. That's right. Mr. Oz has made his debut in the... Well, I guess his secret identity has made the debut in the DC Universe. And uh, we're talking about it. We're seeing if we can decide on who would be the equivalent in the Marvel U.
1: Yes, because we've seen uh, the great Mr. Oz. He appeared in the Superman comic book during the New 52 run. I want to say issue 33 is ringing a bell created by Jeff Johns and John Romita Jr., one of your favorite artists. And um, those two together gave us the ignatic who is who and what is he doing, Mr. Oz. Um, And we haven't had a clue. And to be honest with you. I feel like DC doesn't really have a clue, but regardless of what we may think, Action Comics issue 987 told us the great and powerful Oz is actually Jor-El. So that was the talk of the comic book rack last week, so we decided to take it upon ourselves to give you a challenge, and let's see if we can pick out who that great shocker would be for the MU.
0: But before we get to our challenge this week, as always, we talk about what's on the spinner rack. So... What we, right. what we got to look forward to this, this comic book, new comic book Wednesday.
1: Yep. Well, every Wednesday is a great Wednesday because there's always new comic books. So <clears throat> in my humble opinion, I would tell you to go out shopping for Batman issue 31, which continues the war of jokes and riddles. Um, that was one of the comic books I did get to read today. It was great. I really love what Tom King's doing with this run. Like, uh, I I would probably almost be tempted to buy the omnibus collection. It's mm. fantastic. Um, Speaking of Batman, we have Batman the Red Death, so if you're enjoying metal, this is one of the big spin-off issues, and basically the way I look at this is, this is evil Batman as a Flash, so I don't know what's happened yet, and I haven't seen too many spoilers online, so I don't know if that's good or bad, but the adventure awaits, so go pick it up if you get a chance bug the adventures of forger is back on a publication schedule it's been a fun one if you like mike allred he's just making fun it's great it's a fun adventure story that involves parts of the dcu so that might be worth going out finding the previous issues and checking it out green arrow 31 continues on Uh, green arrow seems like it's been a pretty good book so that's that's popped up on my radar so
0: i had read the next two issues that I had of uh, Hardened Road, Hard he- Travel Heroes, Hard Traveled Heroes—that's what it's called—and uh, I got to see the Superman Lex Luthor issue. And oh wow, I think there's another one after that. Before we get to Hal Jordan, I think. Oh no, I think that's just the one that I read. I read because they don't do two two a month with yeah. All he's only he's a yeah, single book. He's a single book. So yeah, I read the Lex Luthor Superman issue and. It's interesting that it's interesting how so many people are not in the DCU are not willing to accept Lex Luthor as a hero. And bear in mind, he doesn't act like a hero other than the fact that he saves people. (laughs) Now, I mean, he wears the S and he saves people, which is good. That's a good thing. But he still goes about things in a villainous way. And by that, I mean, he's still kind of looking out for himself. Right, as opposed to self promotion and, right. and yeah. self
1: preservation, but if you are kind of in his sphere of influence, sure, I'll save you.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh it was interesting to see Ollie kind of going up against him and being like, "Look, you are not a real hero. I am a real hero, even though I am the one that's wanted for murder right now or on trial for murder." uh And it's, int- I don't know, it's, it's, it, it was an interesting way to, for it to look at, and then. Soups, you know, being there, he is both reluctant and um, he uses the fact that Lex is a hero now. Like, I don't know if how, how I feel about it because you can't sit there and be like, "Thank you, Lex," or "Lex, I need you to go take care of these guys, this over here, and save all these people," and then the next, in the very next like panel, be like but you're still Lex Luthor. You're still an (laughs) evil asshole. You know, it's like, come on. You either, you either gotta accept that he's a hero and, and, and drop the other shit or you don't accept it and don't ask for his help.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Like that's something where to me, having not read the issue, but to me, that's something where the writer missed an opportunity (laughs) because honestly, I never thought about, this is like one of those, like you got my chocolate in your peanut butter, Mm -hmm. Ollie and Lex. That's a cool showdown. Yeah. I mean, they're just both two dudes, really smart entrepreneurs. Why not? Why not let them go crazy, you know? And they're both engineers of a sort, probably Luther on the higher end of that oh, spectrum. Yeah. But, I mean, what an interesting challenge because that's that, that takes me back to Dark Rain. You know, and with Clint Hawkeye just being like, no, no, I will not stand for Norman being the top cop. Exactly. And now here we have super, or sorry, Luther running around in his own red, white, and blue armor. Mm -hmm. And he's the good guy and Ollie's wanted for murder. And to me, that's where it kind of should have been. It would have been neat if the writer just said, you know what, exactly. Don't have Superman be wishy-washy. Have Superman be firm and be like, no, I believe in redemption. Luther's doing okay. And then maybe even calling Ollie out on some shit. Being like, well, hey, man, I've known you. You've always been a hothead. You've yeah. always proven that true, and now look where your hot-headedness has landed
0: it, you. That's exactly it. That would, that would have been the perfect opportunity. By the end of it, though, the end of the issue, he's... Uh, Oliver has kind of accepted the fact that that Luther is a good guy, you know, for the most part, and uh, uh, Superman has accepted that Ollie isn't the bad guy that he's being made out to be in the, in the public eye.
1: So in the end, in the children's corner, we teach them that the story is, never judge a book by its cover. Yeah, color. I
0: mean, and I get that, and and you know it's funny that you bring up Dark Reign because I didn't, I I didn't put the two together obviously even though that I mean the obvious part is that uh, they're obviously similar and that I really enjoy uh, Dark Reign so yeah. it's it's weird that I didn't put the two together but you know the way that they wrote Dark Reign over in the Marvel U is that we still see uh, Osborne as a bad guy we know that he's doing bad things yeah. behind the behind the curtain um, or behind the scenes he's just the fact that they have allowed him to have the power is, is made it so that he's a good guy in air quotes. Yeah. But in everything they are showing us from Luther is that he's doing good things. He still doesn't like, you know, Superman all that much, but he wants to prove to earth people, the humans that a Superman is a man, not an alien, you know, but he's still doing the good thing, which is something that, you know, I, I remember from what was, I believe it was birthright. Where Luther it might not have been birthright, but uh I think it was birthright whereas Luther's like uh he cures his sister's cancer and then he takes it right away because he's like, See, I'm smart enough that I can cure cancer, but I I don't have time to devote to that because I'm trying to take down you.
1: That sounds vaguely familiar. That might have been birthright.
0: Yeah, I think it was birthright, but I I could be wrong. So I, I, I both like and don't like, so maybe I'm just as bad as Superman, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not sitting here like, like like uh, dismissing him right. as easily. So: yeah.
1: Well, Luther's a tough character, and I think that's what's neat, and I really like I hope that there's, you know obviously the editors, I hope they're being like, no, Luther is good. If you write him in your books, write him as altruistic, because you know, w- we know at the end of the day, Luther's Luther. Yeah, they're always gonna be mad. Doesn't matter if they're the ones on Earth three; they'll still come around <laughs> to being a bag of shit. <clears throat> but it would just be nice to be fooled until the reveal comes, and that yeah. way it hurts. It hurts more because you yourself even let your guard down. You know, like,
0: and, and maybe maybe it is a little bit of the, uh, on the editor's side or the or you know the writer's side to be like, we have to make it so that pe- there's a little bit of distrust in him, or else people will, will won't accept it. You know, if, yeah. if everybody's just like. On the Luther train, Luther's okay. Yeah, yeah then, then the, us eh. as readers are gonna be like, oh, well, he's gonna change, he's gonna turn on them instantly. But now we're we're wishy washy, and yeah, I guess you are talking
1: about Luther being a hero. Yeah, that's, exactly. You're doing the right thing. Which,
0: Seventy years of Lex Luther, he's not really ever been a good guy, right? Nope. <laughs> he when he had hair. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Well,
1: okay. Well, today's so uh, piggybacking off that then um, stuff that I was reading. I actually read. Uh, so that would have been the issue you're talking about. Should be Green Arrow issue 29. Right. I've actually read Green Arrow issue 30. Because how, uh, because how was in it. I, you know, it references. So it seems like they've already had their adventure. The, the hard traveling heroes actually did happen. The old 70s story. Right. So there's a history there, but it still felt young and vital enough that it was something new. So, I mean, I liked the issue overall and trying to get rid of my continuity baggage you know, but then again, I guess I could write it off as pretty easy to realize that. Well, yeah, Ollie died, so he has a younger body, and Hal died, so of course he has a younger body, and then maybe the New Fifty Two wave of time displacement energy made them younger. <laughs> well, but yeah, it was you made Flashpoint, you
0: know, and then New Fifty Two. I mean, I guess yeah, kind of. So does does the original
1: uh, hard traveling her- heroes? It exist? sounds like it did. Okay, it sounds like it did. You know, but anyways, it, it was a fun issue. Left off on a big cliffhanger. Um, So that's why today is a good one, because Green Arrow 31, it finally has Ollie with the League. So it's the sum culmination of Hard Traveling Hero. So today's the finale. So I am definitely looking forward. That's on my radar to read. And speaking of finales, Green Lanterns issue 31 comes out today, which finally has the out of time finale. So maybe we're going to get some answers with Volthoom. Volthoom has been around for ever right. and i'm not saying in terms of the history of comics i am talking about like jeff johns left us with volthoom and then it became the end storyline and robert vendetti has just been kind of picking it up dropping it picking it i'm sorry not i'm, I'm blaming robert i am not a re- fan of his writing on Hal. sorry robert if you're listening you got to give me something different but sam Humphreys now is playing that card and that has been the biggest trump of jessica and simon <laughs> And, you know, maybe that's good, maybe that's bad, maybe that's their Sinestro, and I just haven't warmed up to it yet, but I am kind of looking forward to this finale, because it's basically been damn near a 31-part story, hmm. so it'll be nice to get some uh, closure, I guess is a good word for that. <laughs> uh, Injustice 2, issue 10 comes out, so that would be the Digital Comics 19 and 20. That book is phenomenal! I just read the latest uh, digital, if, I, if my math is correct, I think it's issue 24. Wow. Batman fucked up. Wow. So major spoilers if you're all okay with it. If not, hit pause and come back in a minute or two or ten. But anyways, uh, so Raz al Ghul, Ra's al Ghul, however you go with it. So Talia, Damien, and a couple other people of his family, the League of Assassins, they've got Animal Man, Vixen, and several other like Earth uh, anamorphic type people. Right. And they've created an Eden. Okay. It's beautiful. There's like the last of a certain animal type there and the animals and the vegetation just have free reign. And their mistake was, well, they got Alfred. So they brought Alfred back. Oh, wow. So Alfred like dead. They took a dead body and threw it in the Lazarus pith. So at first he's just very catatonic. Um, Actually, sorry, their big mistake was they kidnapped the children. So they kidnapped Ollie, the child of Connor, or sorry, Connor, the child child of Ollie and Dinah, uh, the children of Black Lightning, and uh, well, they also had Harley Quinn's daughter there. Um, But anyways, the children were held, and basically we knew there was going to be a threat on the new president of the United States. So Batman can't stand for that, and they go into this Eden. And because of the battle and the way it plays out, It winds up getting destroyed so several animals go extinct the vegetation and greenery of that area is just destroyed I don't think I've ever seen Ra's Ghoul this angry before like he was to a point where he's just like take your stuff and leave I don't want to see you again and if I do see you again I will kill you I always kept you around because I thought it would be good for Talia and for Damien but now I'm done and it's like the silent anger reaction is the scariest one so i'm like wow this is huge and then at the end of the issue he actually finds himself teaming up with um uh oh the 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 the, lo- the, the apes from gorilla city um solomon i can't think of their names but
0: so not gorilla grad but not the gorilla actual... grad but the actual one oh, so it's wow. like
1: ooh, they're kind of anti-human as well so this could be interesting A really good book. If you're not reading it, do it, do it, do it. Now, this one's near and dear to my heart. The Mr. Miracle trade paperback. This is the Mr. Miracle comic books. Now, bear with me. They are dated. They're very (laughs) 1970s, and it's Jack Kirby. But this is Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle is a hell of a character. And this is the first time in its history where these comics have been printed in color in their own trade. They were printed before in two trade paperbacks in black and white. And those are even a hell of a hard deal to get. So this is the complete run, I want to say, the first 18 issues of the original Mr. Miracle series done by Jack Kirby. Beautiful stuff. Treat yourself. You might be surprised. Uh, Nightwing issue 29 will be out there. Um, this one, and this one's actually going to be fun because, again, if you're a metalhead, this is going to be fun. Um, so the, ma- the Batman Who Laughs... <clears throat> has arrived to Gotham Okay. and he's got these cards and with these cards, you can do whatever you want. So it's like a green lantern ring or a mother box, something to that nature. He gives it to the Batman villains. You know, he literally approaches Riddler and this happened in the teen Titans book. And he's like, look, you know, it's me, you know, it's Batman. You're probably asking yourself why. You've confined yourself to the rules. I'm going to give you this card, which will let you break the rules. You can do whatever you want. So basically, Gotham becomes like five rings, and each inner ring gets harder because it'll be a new boss leading it. So the first ring ring was the Riddler. So this is where the Gotham resistance forms. So it's Damien and a couple of the Teen Titans. They run into Green Arrow, so they're all teaming up. So they take down Riddler. As they go into the next ring, they find Nightwing. And now this next ring, it looks like it's going to be uh, an area that's controlled by Mr. Freeze. So even though it's part of the metal crossover, it's freaking cool by itself. Wow. Yeah, this, this is a fun one. I'll have to get these issues and write them down for you. And this is the Teen Titans No, this will be Nightwing 29. So it's actually crossing over in various comic books oh, okay. with various other heroes as well. So, yeah, I'll admit, like when the solicitations first came out, I was kind of like, oh, man, more peripheral books for a story that I just want to read. Whatever. It's metal. I guess I'll try it. I am so glad I did. So Nightwing 29 will be part two. Last week's Teen Titans is the part one of that. Definitely go out there and get it. Uh, We have Superman issue 31. Superman's been a great read so far. And this time we actually see him going to battle with Deathstroke as part of the Imperious Lex. So speaking of Lex Luthor, I think this might be the story where we find out what's going on. Is Lex truly a hero? Is he a bad guy? Or is he the god of evil? That's right, because Darkseid's dead and Luthor is... The new God. That's right. So we're going to finally get some answers there. Trinity number 13 is great because it's a trinity of trinities. So Superman, Batman, and woman are being assaulted by the magics. Who do you call Constantine, Deadman, and Zatanna? And who is causing all this ruckus? Well, it's Rachel, Ghoul, Ghul, Cersei, and oh, yeah, who's that third member? We don't know. Luther was part of it, but he left because he's good. Mm -hmm. So this could be interesting. Will we fill that third spot or will we leave it blank? Who knows? So that's coming from well, oh, okay, actually one more, I'll throw it out there. It's not my cup of tea, but Wonder Woman Conan. This is one of those mix up team ups that could be interesting. So if Just that's like one of your things
0: Star Trek and uh, Yeah, Star Green, Trek and Green Lantern. Green Lantern. You know,
1: I'll admit at first I wasn't too savvy about it, but I enjoyed it. It was really fun. Uh, Moving along, Dynamite Entertainment. So, again, they are the comic book company that is like, let's take all your toys, your favorite TV shows, and make comic books out of them. And if I'm understanding this correctly, and I could be wrong, do you remember the old video game Killer Instinct?
0: Yes. I believe it's a comic book now. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah,
1: so Killer Instinct, at least that's what the title is, and I'm trying to get some information to make sure it ties into it or not. I can't tell Uh, because it's action-adventure type. It could fall on over there. But the art looks really neat. I have yet to see any of the characters I already recognize or remember, but I wasn't a massive fan. But anyways, Killer Instinct is starting, so if you're looking for something new that's outside your typical heroes and capes, that might be a way to go. Uh, Mighty Mouse is on issue four. Apparently Mighty Mouse is back, and he's been doing really good. So that's a book worth putting on your radar. And... Since it's Dynamite, we're talking about Wonder Woman 77 meets the Bionic Woman. So if you were a fan of those shows back in the day as a young kid, those characters, those heroines are teaming up. So Linda (laughs) Carter, in all her glory, is teaming up with the Bionic Woman actress, and they are doing fantastic stuff. IDW, another G.I. Joe first strike number one. So if you're a fan of the G.I. Joe comic books and you're out there, go for it. Samurai Jack, Quantum Jack. It's a five-part miniseries. Issue one will be going on. Uh, Samurai Jack, I mean, uh, he's a very polarizing character now because since his return to television, a lot of people have been, I don't like it, and some people are like, this is awesome. So I guess it kind of depends on where you got caught. Are you holding on to what he was? Or are you excited to see new adventure? Right. And if you got questions about that, let's talk about it. I'm not a big fan, but I'll admit I'm getting kind of drawn into it image comics one of our other favorite ones so there's the miller world annual 2017 issue one the miller World annuals are a great way to find future new movies i'm guessing <laughs> uh, if i remember correctly i don't know if he's and doing maybe it this even TV year shows yeah Netflix. that's true good call Uh, But Miller Millar, he likes to basically throw it out to fans, let them be creative and he'll be your co-creator. So this is also one of those books, if I remember correctly, I could be wrong. But this might be one of the ones where some fans actually got to get their hands involved as well. Wow. And moving on to the big boys again, we are now back at Marvel Comics, so some good issues coming your way. All new Guardians of the Galaxy number 10. This is a big book to watch. Why? Because it's fantastic. It has infinity stones. It has a huge plot going on. And also, in January, and we should have gotten the solicits yesterday, but we didn't, for Avengers issue 675 and Guardians of the Galaxy 150. What's going on, Marvel? What aren't you telling us? We need to know. Mm -hmm. So keep reading the Guardians book, support it, and it's worthwhile. It's going to pay off. (laughs) My thought, my theory on this is next Wednesday will actually be Marvel Legacy number one, the big one-shot, their rebirth, their rebranding, their fixing of the universe. And we are promised a major character's return. So the fact that you have Guardians 150 in January, and Then the next week, Avengers 675, I think the reason we're not getting information is because that might tie in to our returned hero. So who could be returning? Maybe the clues are that it's somebody related to the Guardians and the Avengers. We are are told Jean Grey, the adult Jean Grey, will be coming back as Phoenix. So that's something. I don't know if maybe that's the same character or not. I doubt it. But it'll be very interesting. I was kind of worried about my Captain Marvel pick, Captain Marvel, but maybe this gives me a little bit more hope that it could be him as well. Um, let's see, what else do we have? Doctor Strange hits a 25th anniversary issue. That's huge these days over at Marvel Comics because <laughs> nothing gets past 17. <laughs> Uh, Generations Miss Marvel and Miss Marvel. That's going to be part of the Generation storyline. And this is a fun one because we see Kamala Khan meeting up with a younger Carol, not the confident Captain Marvel Carol, but the original Miss Marvel character. Right. I remember when I met Miss... Well, I guess Carol Danvers is the best way to say it. When I first met Carol Danvers, she was not heroic. She was actually in a very dark place, not a good character. Hmm. Uh, Avengers Volume 3 with George, George Perez and Kurt Busiek. They actually had her being an alcoholic because her power levels were dropping. And Beast had done the, the things, and he, or the testing on her. He's like, yeah, your power not is good. She's like, look, Hank, don't tell anyone. I don't want to lose my Avenger status. He's like, but I have to because they're thinking you're operating at this when you're really operating much lower. And it was during the part of the Live, Cree, or Die storyline, which at the time crossed over in various books outside of Avengers. Carol literally was at a bar drunk. When the call came out, she tried to fly, got so high, and then eventually crashed in the garbage. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that was her Warbird day. So that was, I, I'll admit, I thought she was a shitty character. So this is this is definitely making me think twice.
0: So this would have been after the point where Rogue, took her powers and then she got her powers back because of the what was she didn't she didn't get the same powers back, didn't she? When she I became, think she did.
1: I think her powers just eventually like she kind of recharged if I remember oh, okay. correctly. But yeah, definitely well. Binary. After that. Yeah. Was it well? Which one so, which
0: one came first? Warbird or Binary? I think
1: binary, then Warbird. Okay. Yeah. Um so but continuing on, we have the invincible Iron Man number eleven. The Adventures of Riri Williams is continuing. Jean Gray number seven. Uh, yeah, it's probably safe to start getting those Gene Gray books. I'm sure they're going to have some kind of tie in to what's going on. Um, if you are a fan of the Star Wars stuff, Journey to Star Wars The Last Jedi with Captain Phasma, I guess that's a really cool character. So if it's a really cool character, this is a really cool comic. Well, form. I mean, <laughs> and I
0: can't really talk about too much about Star Wars because I'm not the biggest fan. But uh, before Force Awakens, Captain Phasma was a character that everybody was anticipating I, right. I feel like everybody was getting getting oh this is going to be uh this trilogy's Boba Fett you know kind of thing and she's going to be awesome and then Force Awakens came and she did nothing she yep. was barely part of the movie uh you have the actress Gwendolyn Christie playing the character and you know she's huge off of Game of Thrones right now and she just felt I mean she I think she was in two scenes the beginning scene yeah, and like then the, the end scene when she gets yeah so uh I wonder, I mean, if this is supposed to be something to bridge between Force Awakens and then Last Jedi, which is coming up in May, or no, I'm sorry, December, um, that might be why, so maybe she will get a bigger part in the, in the next movie. Well,
1: I feel like this is that, kind of the same thing, like I think we mentioned this last time when we talked about Boba Fett, not big in the movies, but very big in the out, outer universe, Yeah. the books the extended the universe. so yeah. I feel like that's kind of the, maybe what's going to happen there, the mystique. Uh, But anyway, so if that's your cup of tea, go for it. Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number four. Now, I'm not reading this book, and I'm kind of kicking myself that I wasn't. So about two, three years ago, Marvel Comics was doing a big launch of their original graphic novels. So they started one with, like, X-Men. Oh, man, it was like Protect All the Humans or something like that. And so basically, all the mutants got put on a different Earth. All the humans got put on another Earth, and they had to figure it out. So it was good or bad. Um, with that happening, the, these books were happening, like they were spinning off. So whether they counted or not was the tough part. Um, I bought the X-Men one because Cyclops was a part of it. Eh, it was okay. I'm, I'm glad I didn't pay full price. Uh, but the Spider-Man one was the one where it was at because we get introduced We get introduced to Peter Parker's older sister. What? Yep. Peter Parker has an older sister that apparently we didn't know about her. But she knows about Peter, and she knows about Peter. She knows he's Spider-Man. So when they relaunched this new Spider-Man comic, um, they basically brought her along. So she's been a sub-character, and she's going to have a big development in another couple months here. So you might want to try to hunt down those back issues before this story really starts off.
0: So I have to say one of the reasons why I didn't <laughs> I didn't pick it up at first, uh, not that I have now, but I didn't pick it up is because – of the title, I, I mean Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man. Like, I get it; those are all his names. But what a weird title for a comic book! Like, I've had Spider-Man books, I've had Peter Parker books, I even had Spectacular Spider-Man books. But now it's all of that. Like, if I'm tweeting out that I just read that book, it's the I, title's going to eat all your yeah, characters. It's <laughs> going to eat up half the characters I'm allowed to use. It's just. Why couldn't they come up with something? I mean, I understand Amazing Spider-Man is now that's its no that's, that's the flagship that's, book that's the flagship book, but Spider-Man is just Miles Spider-Man Miles, is right. Miles right? There's Spider-Man Two or Spider-Men. I'm sorry, yeah. which is Spider-Man Two, which is a miniseries though. Okay, fair enough. Then there's Spectacular Spider or there's the Peter Parker Spectacular Spider-Man. There's uh the Scarlet Spider. There's uh I mean Spider-Gwen, <laughs> Spider-Gwen. Uh, I mean. Why couldn't they come up with something? Why couldn't it have just been Spectacular Spider-Man?
1: You know that's a good question. Why why the big titles like that? I don't know. Um, at the time of the launching, you know, the, well, okay. Honestly, I guess if I had to throw my hat in the ring for why, I think this is the Peter Parker book. Then
0: just call it Peter Parker.
1: Well, they probably should have. You know, it should have just been Peter Parker Spider-Man or the Spectacular you know, Peter
0: Peter. Peter blah, 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 blah. The Spectacular Peter Parker Web of Peter Parker. <laughs> Even that Peter Parker's tangled web of. <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying it, it. It to me, it didn't seem like a a very catchy title. Catchy title. That's yeah. that's a great way of put it. Yeah, catchy yeah. title.
1: Well, unfortunately, but I I think I think this is
0: something that's worth reading
1: out there somehow. Uh, just because again, more of the sister and just discover what's going to happen.
0: And then later on, when they decide uh, this book isn't real, you know, selling well enough to to go anywhere, they're going to drop it, and it's going to be part of you know, Amazing Spider-Man. So it's got. Uh, so that Amazing Spider-Man can hit issue 1,000 because well, they include the, the the numbering. This
1: one is going to grow. This 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 book will be part of the legacy numbers, so it's going to jump up from like issue seven to issue like 234. Who who
0: are they including? What's oh, that? What is it? Is it including Spectacular Spider-Man? I'm going to have
1: to find the the GIF for you or the whatever the the math numbers are. I don't know. Yeah, because yeah, you're right. Does it take issues from Peter Parker? Does it take issues from Spectacular? I don't
0: know. Maybe it takes issues from both, so that they can use. Yeah. The, the, those legacy numbers. See, and that's uh, you're playing with my wallet and <laughs> and my emotions. I don't like that,
1: Marvel. I, I don't want these kind of issues. I just want back issues. Okay.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, moving along, moving along. So, Spider Man Two Issue Three comes out. So again, the quest for who is Miles Morales in the Six One Six. We got a couple of Thor trades coming out. Thor, The Trial of Thor, and Thor Were the Origins. I'm not too sure what's in with them, but the titles sound pretty cool. And with the movie coming very soon, definitely worth checking out. And then we will cap off with some Venomverse, issue 3 of 5, and X-Men Gold, number 12. So that's what's out there in your rack. So it's a lot. So obviously shop wisely, because as we were talking about with the Spider-Man books, it's tough. You know, it's, it's tough to decide which books do I want to read. And obviously, you know, a title and a cover are draws. So if they make it worth your while, do it. And if they don't, well, play at your own risk. And it's the same thing with, if you buy it sometimes, I mean, I know I've walked into plenty of comics where I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And then I pick it up and I'm like, what the hell did I just
0: read? So you, 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 you kind of, uh, glossed over it, but uh, the whole mystery in Spider Man 2 uh, with the who's Miles Morales in the 616, uh, you know, for people who might not understand how exactly that works, because you say, hey, who's Miles Morales? And I'm like, well, he's Spider Man. We all know that. Well, he's Spider Man from the Ultimate Universe that got incorporated into the 616 universe after uh, Secret Wars, right? Yep. Yeah. So, um,. The idea is that he had a counter... Like just like there's a Peter Parker in the Ultimate Universe, there's a Peter Parker in the 616 Universe. There's a Miles Morales in the 616 Universe. And he's and I, if I remember from the first issue, because it's the only one I picked up, they he uh, Peter Parker did a little bit of uh, Google, Google investigating, I guess. Well, or- basically,
1: that was the big hang-up when they did the original Spider-Man crossover. Uh, at the end of it, Peter comes back to our to the six one six universe and he's like oh that's a great kid and everything i guess i should see what's going on and so he google searches miles morales and you see the like you know the the imitation google and then he as he's typing it in and then he just looks at his computer and he's like oh my god and so far like i i think i'm an issue behind like i think i've only read one i missed two um yeah it didn't seem like miles is a good guy yeah so
0: some, and he's a, he's a little older too I believe so. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It seems like he's a little. Which I guess
1: is kind of a neat flip flop because Ultimate Peter was younger.
0: Yeah, so. that's true. I didn't even think about that. You're right. And I was going to say, what if? I mean, it's just another guy with the same name. It's nothing to do. I mean, not that. It, I mean, it is just an, another guy with the same name. But what if it's not his counterpart? You know, what if it's just another guy? You know, there's a Michael Smith. There's another Michael Smith somewhere else in the and could be in your city. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean they're the same person. Right. So, uh, yeah no problem i just thought that was uh something that was uh interesting so that's everything that came out this week but what have you been reading this week
1: so i'm starting to delve into last month's comics i've got a little bit behind um i had a good Nightwing week so i picked up i want to say i think today was issue 29 so i think 27 and 28 those two issues and i was reading them uh really neat spiral tie-in um it was, it was kind of fun seeing Dick team up with Huntress and, you know, their, their, their situation go on. Uh, there's a unit developing with, um, with Sean, and so it's interesting if she's going to go back to her villainous ways. Uh, finally read the Nightwing New World Order book wow that was cool i hope you can hear the smile in my voice i've missed elseworlds and this isn't officially called an elseworld but it's cool to play in another universe which i don't know why
0: why wouldn't they just officially call it elseworlds
1: yeah we're doing rebirth do it say it say the words say it dc
0: yeah uh, I, I enjoyed uh new world order quite quite a bit too i i, I think we talked about it on the last time last yeah, we issue. mentioned a little there, bit yeah, yeah. I finally
1: i finally read the full thing and it was great uh and then i the, the latest issue of batgirl also had dick grayson crossing over as well so dick and barbara are basically revisiting their old days when they met younger and like apparently something happened so it's it's basically it kind of feels like i know what you did last summer the comic <laughs> but it's kind of fun i'm enjoying it so okay yeah um and then i just read various other ones some green lantern issues well i guess that um,
0: that kind of answers the question though of uh you know cuz they i i feel like they generally depict Barbara as being younger than uh than dick
1: you know, honestly, though, I, I feel it's the other way. I always feel like they make Barbara a couple years older than Dick.
0: Well, that's what feel, I feel like that's what it used to be, but now, I feel like now with the way that she's, you know, she's got the cell phone, she's doing selfies and social media and stuff, which I understand social media is a thing that everybody does at all ages now, but it just feels more of a 19, 20-year-old thing, whereas Dick feels like he's probably in his mid-20s. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, I know that for the longest time, yeah, I did feel like it was always like, you know, he was probably like 12 years old while she was running around as like 15, Mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, we're, we're, they're getting closer there. So,
0: so yeah, I mean, obviously now that they, they share a history, they, they've got to be similar in age and, uh, whether or not they have all that history that they used to have is, is, is up in the air. I imagine. Uh, what else? You were about to say something? about Green Lantern? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I read some Green Lanterns, um, the Mister Miracle, and you know, issue two. Like, I feel bad because I've been hyping the hell out of it. Issue two was is good, but you know, obviously, it's going to back down. I mean, we have a twelve-month comic right. going on. Actually, it'll be a thirteen-month, which is awesome though because if I remember correctly, the skip will be between issue six and seven or seven and eight because uh, Mitch Gerards, him and his wife, they had their baby, little little Walter Allen. And uh, so anyways, so they're going to they're going to get some paternity time, which is our paternity, maternity, parenting time. Either you, don't assume genders of parents. I don't know. But anyway, so they're going to get some time off with the little guy. So that's awesome. Um, and then obviously I've been diving down the rabbit hole of actually I, I started reading some Ghost Rider going back in there. And I read the uh, the six issue Garth Enos Road to Damnation. It was fun. Uh, the art is amazing. Like I don't know. Like I think it's definitely computer enhanced or computer colored. That's badass. So I'm I'm going back, and I think after that will take me to Green or Ghostwriter Volume. Five, because th- th- that was another thing Marvel did was oh well these miniseries will count them as volumes. No, they're miniseries. They shouldn't <laughs> count, but they should they not do because that's how we get to the high number issues. But yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's where I've been. What about yourself? Where did you go?
0: Um, I I, re- I got to read a whole bunch of things in the last uh, last couple of weeks. Um, uh, I I also did the Nightwing. I got the first part of the Spiral story. So you know a lot of the things that I didn't know about because I didn't uh, I didn't read. Grayson, I guess, is what it was called. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, So, so that was interesting. Um, Huntress as his commanding officer, training officer, or whatever during Spiral—that's a new twist, uh, I guess, for something. Uh, Which you know, I mean, I guess, kind of makes sense if you go into the whole, you know, legacy of her character being the daughter of Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle. Not that she came before. Uh, dick or anything but i i I just i guess if you keep that original history she's kind of higher ranked than nightwing well so
1: the way and it was interesting because obviously you had the original huntress helen wayne helena wayne maybe yeah i think they gotta call her helena because selena so yeah helena yeah i think it was Helena. and you know once the crisis the original crisis happened you know we can't because Batman and Catwoman weren't even together or anything. So, but the idea of a Huntress was a cool character. So we'll make Helena Bartonelli and they they gave her the mafia ties and stuff like that. But she always was older than Dick. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. You know maybe because Nightwing was still kind of a new thing or you know whatnot. But um, I did I oh and it's funny because like I was reading Grayson religiously. I think I did the first year very solid, but then like to issue twenty I. You know, like, oh, I'll read this issue. Oh, I'll read the next three. Oh, I'll, I'll get caught up later. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've got a couple trade paperbacks that need some thumbing through. So, if you want to borrow them, they're there <laughs> for your envoyer.
0: Uh, I did read How uh, Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Which oh, I'm sorry. I read it was the Celestials, I think. Or, no, I don't know. The big metal Golem guys and, and uh, Orion showing up, and they had to fake his death to get the the entity to leave um i read i read the newest or not the newest but i read the newest to me x-men blue and x-men gold oh nice uh so x-men blue was the was the team that's the younger team right
1: Blue is the, yeah, the time-displaced original X-Men, so they were the old ones, but now they're young.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They were in New Tien, and they were breaking out uh, Scott and Bobby and Beast, and uh, uh, basically going up against the White Queen, going up against Emma Frost. And uh, you saw that she was stretching herself a little too thin, and uh, she lost her control over zorn for a couple couple seconds and yeah that
1: was an interesting development yeah it's like okay zorn's supposed to be the big mastermind and zorn is i feel like that's the red hood of the marvel universe you know it's like oh it's not really a character but then sometimes it's a character <laughs> and sometimes it's somebody else
0: yeah you know yeah yeah no i get that and i thought it was interesting because they they threw someone threw out the whole i thought that helmet was supposed to keep it so that he couldn't be controlled by mind powers and stuff so uh, we'll have to, I mean, I, I hope they'll, they'll explore that a little bit more. Obviously new, new TN is going to have to be something that doesn't exist anymore or, or Emma Fra- you know, basically we're going to need those mutants to incorporate back into the regular world. I don't know how they're going to do that, but hopefully they do.
1: And, you know, honestly, like with that book, just because having seen how the, uh, secret empire played out and the way it was being portrayed in, the the X-Men Blue book. It's kind of weird. Because, like, New Teon, does it exist still? You know, like, is it still there even though the Secret War has passed? Um, like, I, I, it opened up a lot more questions because it's like, okay, well, how did how did they like, how did Emma wind up with this power? Okay. She made a deal with Steve, but like, where's everything now? You know, like, is this like a next utopia? Cause I mean, maybe I, I didn't, I know I didn't read two of the peripheral secret empire books. They made two one shots and one of them dealt with it, but it's like, what is this land? Does it still matter? Because in the X-Men books, they don't talk about it. You know, the only time I heard about it was because of this crossover, right? You know, but now it's like, okay, how does Emma fall in with this and how's it all going to come to play?
0: Uh, and then with the... I also read the Astonishing X-Men number two. Oh, okay. I believe, yeah. Uh, I I like that. I like the whole chess match between Xavier and Farouk. I want to say what his name is. Yeah, Farouk. The, well, Shadow, well, the King. Shadow King. The Shadow King. Still don't understand how Xavier is around. I mean, I understand this is all astral plane stuff. So where is his mind being kept? I guess is the good question. That he'd be battling the Shadow King, Um, and I, I was like, I liked how Beast was there, and they're like, you know, because I was like, oh, why would Beast? He's the one of the ambassador for New Tian. He's got all this other stuff going on, but. Uh, that's when Wolverine, in astral form, goes over to oh Beast, also in astral form, and starts smelling him. Is like, ah, I I knew something was off at first, but now I get it. And he realized that it was Mystique. And I'm like, well, I I guess I I get that, but I don't quite get how he 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 spotted. I mean, he says he got it because he saw the the fight style. Which right. I, I I yeah, that makes sense. But like smelling him, it didn't make any sense. So yeah, that's the
1: astral plane. It shouldn't have, it shouldn't a have a smell.
0: Yeah. So uh props to Mystique though to keep the guise up while still in astral form, not reverting back to her original form. Or does she even know what original form is at this point, you know?
1: Well, that's interesting. Is that a new mutation, a secondary mutation? Because regardless, like, I mean, when I'm wearing a Halloween costume and I'm dressed up as Batman, I'm still Chris. I don't have the mentality of Bruce Wayne. Right. You know?
0: But that's what I'm saying is that Raven Darkholm, you know. Yeah,
1: she's been so many people
0: Exactly. she who she was. Who, can she remember who she was before her ex-gene kicked in when she was, a, a, you know, pre-teen? If that's the way it happened with her? Um, was she always blue skinned? Does, you know, does she, is, has there been a lot of diving into, is there been, basically, is there a mystique origin book? Like the Wolverine origin? I don't
1: think so. And that was just because I was going to ask you that question. I don't think there is. So do we tell that story or do we leave it? So it keeps its mystique.
0: I mean, you kind of, you kind of want to, because there's so few characters that still have that mysterious background, but, I think the fact that she's not as huge a character as the Joker or, uh ah, um, J Law didn't
1: didn't bring her up there, huh?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, she, Jennifer Lawrence is a is a huge actress, but I don't feel like she Mystique has ever transmitted or transmitted uh,
1: transversed d- to that level.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, she's she's just she's Mystique, which. She's a staple of X-Men comic books. I'll give you that. But I just don't feel like her character's ever made it to the top tier. Like she's just been like, Hey, we need some, we need a bad guy here or we need a good guy here. You know, that's, which you could kind of say that about all the different X-Men villains is that they, they... You know, the
1: villains really aren't too memorable top tier. Like, I mean, Magneto, like oh, okay. Magneto's the exception to that rule, but like apocalypse or sinister or mystique, like to me, they always come packaged as a threefold. Yeah. You know, because like, if it's something with Mr. Sinister, we relate to apocalypse. If it's something with apocalypse, we relate to sinister. Right. And then mystique's just kind of in there mucking up shit as well.
0: Right. And, but then also other than sinister and, and apocalypse, you know, uh, villains, X-Men villains become heroes at some point always. So, you know, Mis- yeah, Mystique's too. on the team. Uh, Magneto, biggest example. It's uh, right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, I just never felt like Mystique made it up there. So I think if you gave her an origin book where we got to actually see where, what era did Raven Darkholm actually get born in? You know, what would she actually look like if she wasn't a shape changer a shape shifter? Like, cause even the blue-skinned mystique that's slender and athletic-looking and stuff, that could not even be her real form. You know, that's just what she that's wants herself she, to look like.
1: Yeah, wills herself to be.
0: Yeah, so that I always found that interesting. Um, so it was interesting to see in that book, too.
1: Yeah, that one, it's a tough sell for me because it's not like it's my favorite X-Men in there. But at the same time, I really want to know what's going on with Angel slash Archangel. Because it what is, a, is going on with him? It's a
0: very weird hodgepodge of group, too.
1: Like, Yeah, because the bishop, he's very 1990s looking. Yes. So is he the 90s bishop? Or is he the bishop who has tried to kill the one who is responsible for killing Xavier during the Messiah complex? The one who was trying to kill Hope? Is that the same bishop? He's just like, hey, let me wear this costume so y'all like me again.
0: (laughs) And then you got Phantom X and Gambit, and apparently Phantom X has something over Gambit, and Gambit owns something to Phantom X. And uh, Psylocke is there, and Rogue is there, and uh, uh, who else? Who uh, I don't. It's just it's a Wolverine is there obviously, and it's it's old it's old it's old Logan too. It's old man Logan, which. You know, it's also kind of weird. Do you ever think that they're going to bring back the 616 Logan?
1: You know, it's funny. Because right now he's encased he's, in adamantium, yeah, he's right? he's just sitting there in that adamantium shell. Um, <laughs> they could do like a funny what if or something. Like finally when he does get out, he looks like old man Logan because yeah. he's been there for so long. But, you know, I I don't miss Logan but if i'm going to read about wolverine i want to read about wolverine not well, see, a time displaced i think
0: well i think one of the weird one. things he's, they're they're doing with this old man logan is that they're just treating him like the wolver like yeah, he's the wolverine he's we know the wolverine look yeah he should be cuz if you take in the old man logan story and that's the one that's who he's supposed to be this is supposed to be many years down the line and he's gone through a bunch of stuff, so he's not supposed to act the same anymore. He's not supposed to be yeah. acting like our Wolverine. He's supposed to be acting like this new Wolverine. And he's, but he they just use him the same way. So it's like, then what's the point? All yeah. you did was make him look old.
1: Yeah, he, exactly. It's like it's still Wolverine. You just put a little gray in his scruff. Even That's even
0: it. in the X Four Weapon X, I'm sorry, Weapon X book, him and Sabretooth still have the same relationship, which he, is strange because yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know, Wolverine talks about how, or this old man, Logan talks about how, uh, certain, some of these events already happened for him and stuff I was like, well, then why aren't you? Cause he's so old that he's for started to forget about it. His healing factor doesn't seem to be, uh, less than it, less than for anything. So I just think with the, the, the fact that X-Men blue has brought in Jimmy Hudson, uh, X-Men gold has old man, Logan, you know, if we bring back. The regular Wolverine Logan out of the anti man An- casing. It's how many different Wolverines are we gonna have in this universe? And oh my god, I know. And how is it all gonna work out? I mean, X twenty three is Wolverine now. She's the one who holds yep. the name.
1: Uh, Dakin's out there.
0: Dakin's out there, and he's a good guy, and he's in love with X twenty three, or not? Maybe not in love, but they have a brother sister relationship. I, I thought they
1: were th- playing him with bobby from from iceman's book maybe i'm off
0: you mean oh really i think so oh well i mean i know dak in in when they first brought him around he, he used whatever gender yeah. whatever he wanted he was bisexual he used whatever he needed to to to, yeah, what he to get what he wanted yeah. which i mean could be but i just remember it, like i think i said it in a couple of podcasts back but in the the two of them met up in the Wolverine book, uh, X-23, or, I'm sorry, yeah, Laura. because right, I think
1: I remember saying that's kind of gross because it's like a female version of his
0: dad. Yeah, so it, it, I think it's more of a brother-sister thing that they were trying to pull off, and I was just reading it wrong because okay. I hadn't been reading the book. That makes me so better. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so it is it is very... I, I know I know. in the early 2000s, Wolverine was everywhere. Oh, my God. And now it's Deadpool's everywhere. Yeah. But... We've splintered, splintered him off in so many different ways that it's it's it's, it's him, weird. But it's not him yeah, exactly. Different flavors. It, it,
1: it. So what they should just do is they all get uh, robot synthesoids that are actually Wolverines. <laughs> and they get in the little Wolverines and they fly around space doing things, and then they all come together to form A Wolvertron, Wolverine. <laughs> which
0: basically looks like Wolverine when they put together and there you go, that's how we fix it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just I, I can only imagine they're gonna end up bringing back Oh, he's got to rig- come, he's back, gotta come you know? back. Hell,
1: maybe next Wednesday he's the character we get back. It I could mean, be, it's, you know. But it's it's funny because I remember going back to so for for you the listener, one of our secret origins. You know, one of the first times we Mitch and I met. You know, it's okay. Let's talk some comics. And I think it was you, like when you were introducing me to another podcaster on our network, Chris Jitsi, You're like, "Oh yeah, this guy understands the uh, the Scott uh, the, the, the Summers Gray family tree." And it's like, "What? Whatever, prove it." I'm like, "Oh well, da 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 da." And it's like, "Oh shit, okay, this guy is a fan." But now <laughs> it's funny because it's like, you know, I, because that was always one of those things where people would lord that over because, like, Cyclops and Wolverine, you know, they're they're frenemies or whatever, right? And It was funny because it's like, but Wolverine's now the more complicated one because it's like, well, we have, you know, Wolverine himself, but then there's this and there's this and there's this. And even then, like, I hope somebody like we need a booster gold type character. Maybe this is where Cable could get to play that part. But somebody's got to go in there and be like, X-Men, you're breaking the laws of time because you have the original (laughs) X-Men in the present. Right. So what's going on with that? We have Gene returning. So you got two people occupying the same space. You already have that with Iceman and Angel and Beast. Scott's dead, but you have young Cyclops in there. You have maybe the real Xavier back. Maybe not. Maybe it's just his astral mind or something. We have Wolverines from all over the place, ultimate universe and the dystopian future Malarvers. Right. So it's like, yeah, somebody to come in and be like, that's just like six characters I talked about.
0: <laughs> so, and, and to think with original Jean coming back, I guess uh, you'll have older Jean Grey, younger Jean Grey, Rachel Grey, or is it Rachel? Somers? Yeah,
1: Rachel. Well, I, she should be Summers, but I think she got mad at Scott, so she's going by Gray. Because everybody's mad at Scott. He only bad. tried to save the mutant race during the Inhuman War. But you know what a jerk. So
0: Rachel Gray, uh Hope Summers. You know, all four of those characters at one point has embodied the, the Phoenix. The Phoenix. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess not young, Ra- young Jean yet, but her future. She's trying to run from it. Yeah. yeah. So and I imagine there's another person in there. I mean, if you bring an old Scott, if he if was able only. <laughs> hey, And you know
1: what with the with the Oh well, Emma,
0: Neymar, Colossus and you know, Ileana. fair enough, yeah. Phoenix but you know that that was wielders. all splintered off and whatever, but I'm just saying, you know, with those four, what if the the Dark Phoenix or the Phoenix actually comes back, you know, who does he want or who does it want to pick, you know? It's got four options or maybe it's splits between the four.
1: Yeah, some of those hosts to choose from.
0: Um What if with Jean Gray coming back she's I mean she is the, the Phoenix is the entity of rebirth. What if she brings back Scott?
1: Oh, I hope so. And actually, there's some truth to that. Okay. Um, so the month of December is huge. We're going to get variant covers of the various Marvel heroes being possessed by the Phoenix. So, like, two of them really got me excited. Johnny Blaze, Ghost Rider, and uh, Daredevil. So I was like, oh, cool. There's a couple. of like Wolverine, Phoenix, and so forth and so forth. But anyways, a big thing that they like to do also as well is do these... Um, I want to call them Marvel must-haves, but they're basically dollar comic reprints. And one of them goes all the way back to X-Men issue 48, so way back in the day. And that's basically when Cyclops and Jean confessed their feelings for each other.
0: Mm. Huh. Why bring that up? Why that one?
1: Because the other ones at least are like, you know, when when Jean got her powers, when Jean died, uh, when Jean returned, stuff like that. So those make sense. And actually, the wedding. The wedding issue, X-Men number 30. Of a different volume, uh, mm-hmm. X Men number 30, where they got married. So I'm thinking, I said, Hmm, so with Scott gone, maybe Gene is back because now there's a lot of threads I'm going to tug at, <laughs> so I'll try to go quick. But basically, when Gene died in X Men 150 during the Grant Morrison New X Men run, so when she died in that issue, part of the big storyline reveal was going to be Scott basically saying, I'm choosing between Emma or Gene, and I choose, and Gene died, and it never got spoken. Now, I personally felt like he was going towards Gene because the minute Gene died, they, of course, beat Magneto, and Scott's like, I'm done. I'm done with this. I don't even want to be part of the X-Men. I'm out. And he left, Mm -hmm. and that's what led to Beast taking over, and he couldn't handle it, so he started huffing whatever that mutant drug was at the time, MGH, mutant growth hormone, and then he became the white evil beast, and the future world was disgusting. So Gene broke out of her Phoenix egg, and basically tried to save the world as best as she could. But she realized that like the, the the multiverse is like a garden. So this long thorny branch needs to be cut off. So she went back to the moment of deviation, which would have been Scott leaving. And she basically told Scott, no, stay live. So she kind of influenced Scott to be with Emma. Mm -hmm. So is somebody going to touch on that and be like, maybe it really wasn't Scott's choice. So this could be interesting. Okay. I mean, I personally, I'm a, I'm a Jot fan, as they call it, Scott and Gene. Um, that's what I ship, <laughs> what the cool kids say. So I'm for it. I'm hopeful, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I want my Scott back. I miss him. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. So that's what I've been reading. Uh, we got into a little bit of conversation. Let's go ahead and get to our the main event, our challenge. Like we said, the Oz Effect came out last week in Action Comics number 978? 987. 987. 987. 987. And uh, we wanted to see what it would look like in the Marvel U as opposed to the DC U. Um, Let me go ahead and go first so that I can figure out if I got this right. Okay. Uh, Basically what we wanted to do, we wanted to take who's Mr. Oz or as they revealed it, Jor-El. Uh, who is the three cha- who are the three characters that uh, Mr. Oz kidnapped in the DCU to imprison on in his pocket universe, pocket dimension? Some of that sort, yeah. Uh Tim Drake, Doomsday, Mix Mixical Mixi- Splick. Yeah, I can never say that name. Mr. Miximple <laughs> Splick. And then uh essentially what is his plan? What why in in to me, Mr. Oz's plan as it's depicted in Action Comics number nine eighty seven. He wants the humans to destroy each other, basically, so because he realizes that they, it, the Earth wasn't a good place to send his son, and it wasn't, uh, you know, the people that want to. He gives. He says he gives them options. He says, "Look, I I I present options to them, both light and dark. Well, they all seem to dark. take dark. It's it's their own problem. So why is what mm-hmm. what is the thing that our Marvel Mr. Oz is doing. So for mine, I gave my character a new name just like they gave jor a new name of Mr. Oz. Now I figure the Oz thing is because of Kryptonite looking like Emeralds, Emerald city, the wizard of Oz. That's where, that's where that all comes from. I have no idea if that's what they were going for, but that's how I figure it is. Uh, mine is Dr. Goose. Now, you're going to wonder, wait, what? Goose? Goose, what does that have to do with anything, right? Top Gun? <laughs> no. Dr. Goose is actually Howard Stark. So, how I got that is Howard Stark is, was, a, you know, uh, an a, a, a amalgam or an analog for Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes' big plane was the Spruce Goose. So, Dr. Oh, Goose. Oh, okay. Uh, I, fi- I find that Iron Man, his... Uh, Find, Tony Stark finds out that his father didn't actually die, didn't pass on. He's he's been working in secret in some bunker in the middle of the earth, just like just like Nick Fury has been in the moon for all the time, being the man on the wall. Uh, to Howard Stark <laughs> has been in in a bunker in the middle of the earth, you know, making sure that the earth spins, but. Uh, why? What you know? What's his big gripe down there? Well, as seeing as how the world is is changing, and his son is put into a iron lung or whatever, he decides after uh, Secret Empire, he's gonna he, he or during Secret Empire, I guess he would have been around doing stuff. He uh, sees one one man who um, was kind of present at a lot of different inceptions of superheroes, and he he. Uses technology to steal him away from his moment of death. Everybody thought Rick Jones died. He didn't die. Ooh. He was he was whisked away to uh, uh, Howard Stark's hidden laboratory. Damn it! I like that. I <laughs> wish I would have thought of it. <laughs> uh, but and who is who is who is Doomsday? So Doomsday. If you take into account that this is actually Jor-El in the DC un- right. universe. Uh, he picks up three people he picks up T- Tim Drake doomsday and Mick Sixty Splick now doomsday and Mick Sixty Splick are both Superman related Tim Drake not so much uh, I, I find that kind of probably more of a hey you know I didn't want this guy to die so I, I saved him kind of thing right uh, but doomsday is a big threat to his son and mixxie split was also a big threat to his son so who who are the equivalent? Doomsday, the Mandarin, the Mandarin who I believe is dead at the moment after the 10 rings or something like the storyline. call. I, I looked at his wiki. I, I, I have to, I have to admit, I don't know right. much about the, something about uh, him going up against a whole bunch of other villains and the villains were killing off different versions of him. And then eventually they, he died. Uh, so the Mandarin is, is stuck in this laboratory prison And uh, the Mixie, like, he's a person that will give uh, Tony a lot of trouble, but he's not an enemy. Like, he's at least not on the same level. So, MODOK. I went with MODOK. MODOK is a tech villain that, you know, gives Tony a lot of run for his money, but isn't a big threat. So, that's who I picked for my three. Rick Jones and the Mandarin and MODOK. Now, I wanted to do something, like... To me, Jor-El sent his son off to Earth because he was trying to save. So, he has all these... He was trying to save all of Krypton, but no one wanted to listen to him, right? Right. So, now he's... Well, Earth is on its way to doing the same thing. All these people are destroying their Earth. They're destroying their planet. Well, if I get them to kill each other first, the planet will be okay and my son will have a place to live. Uh... What's the one thing that... So, in 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 a way, uh, jor had his son inherit the Earth. You know, he passed on the Earth to his son. All right. What's the thing that Howard Stark passed on to Tony Stark? Technology. A brilliant mind, right? Right. However, all these people are misusing today's technology. So, what's he want to do? He wants to send the Earth back into a... a a dark age, essentially oh, wow. destroy all electronics, destroy, or destroy all technology. Uh, you know, think about no, none of the medical medical technology that we have not being around. That's going to call a lot of the world's population. So leaving his son, one of the m- most brilliant minds in the, in, on the world, in the world to have to revitalize or, you know, uh, Reboot, I guess, is the best way. Uh, technology, and you know, make it so that he's the one that everybody goes to, especially since Mister Fantastic is not around anymore. Yeah, so that's what he's destroying all of technology. That's that's his big plan.
1: Nice, I like that because that that is a very Iron Man story. You know, Iron Man is, you know, he like there's a formula. You know, you have to have a sorcerer a teleporter and all these things. But yeah, your tech savvy guy, that's that's the Iron Man field. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And I like that you picked his father because his father, while not necessarily like, because th- you have a nice symmetry because Jor-El is a major character, but he only has like maybe 12
0: comic book appearances. <laughs> right. He was nothing. I mean, you know? he's probably, but, he's restated in the origin all the time for oh yeah, Superman, he's, yeah. but he's not like he's, he's never
1: had major stuff, you know, And but we've had Marlon Brando play him. We've had, um, Oh, the latest one, um,
0: Oh, Russell Crowe.
1: Russell Crowe play him. So, I mean, famous actors play the man. But, I mean, who really is Jor-El? And, you know, we don't know. I mean, we always assumed Jor-El was a good guy. Maybe he, you know, maybe there was something more to him and
0: stuff like that. And,
1: I mean, I will admit this was a hard challenge because we don't even know the full plan of DC Comics. But I thought it would be neat to really get us thinking. And And I I was going to keep this
0: to the end. I'm sorry to cut you off. But I'm was. i thinking if they revealed in the first Issue of the Oz effect that he's Zorl. Right. I feel like there's a twist going to be coming. Same here. Yeah. You think maybe a shapeshifter? I think, like,
1: so Bleeding Cool has this theory. I guess there was a, like, back in the Silver Age of the comic books, there was a character, and it's like, if you, because it's Mr. Oz, so I think it's like Zor, Zor-El. Or Zor Mel or something like that. So his brother, so Mr. Supergirls? Oz, is supposed to be like the word, the, the, the name flipped backwards. Oh. And Jeff Johns likes to do that. You he know, does. Remember um, Professor Zoom, Hunter Zolomon. Yeah. You know, Zoom was in there. Uh, Del Rusk. He loves those anagrams. So, <coughs> with that in mind, so apparently there was a Silver Age character who was a Kryptonian, and he basically had himself reconstructed so he looked like Jor El. Hmm. So. Is this that character taking advantage Of his emotional connection to Superman Maybe maybe not we don't know But yeah I, I never Have I ever in comic books Gotten the answer to my questions in the first issue So
0: <laughs> no, this is a red herring Yeah it's definitely a red herring But I like where red-airing. we're going with the with the mm-hmm. challenge So yeah. I cut you off what were you about to say? No, but I like that. I
1: like how this story is very much at the heart of Iron Man. It still could affect the rest of the MU. You know, you're involving stuff like the absence of Mister Fantastic. That's vital. So it's it's very hip in the continuity. Um, I dig it, and I I could just kick myself a thousand times that I didn't think of Rick Jones for Tim Drake. <laughs> that I oh i want to steal that you know that's awesome man like that that is that is great and i like how your characters are even actually very iron man related right you know that's awesome so no i dig it and i i you know this is this is like you know i i I want that dread and terror that y2k brought you know but i actually wanted to pay off yeah i think iron man's the best book to do that in that's awesome no i dig it
0: thank you now who did you pick
1: Okay, so for the challenge for On My Side of the Fence, so I am creating this new character, and he will be called Professor Apollo. Professor Apollo. Professor Apollo. Okay. All right. Now, I would have gone with Doctor, but that's a little bit too obvious. But maybe, again, <laughs> the Marvel Universe, apparently everybody's got a Doctor you know? <laughs> Tony Stark's got like three of them, if I remember correctly. Right. But anyways, Dr. Phoenix Horton. Yeah, that character. I know, right? Oh, wow. my God.
0: Who is he? <laughs> well, I know who he is. You're going in the way back machine. But. Some,
1: some of us may know that. But uh, anyways, yeah, the Human Torch, right? Right. Johnny the, Storm? No. No, not that no, Human no, Torch. Not, not that Human Torch. Let's go even further back. Let's go back to Marvel Comics number one. <laughs> the birth of Timely Comics, which eventually became Marvel Comics. So Jim Hammond. The man who was an android who was a human torch.
0: Yeah, you know the hum the human torch is a very uh it's a very because he's not a human. But yeah. that's what they do with android stories. He's like, We have to show you that he's more human than you. When
1: an android can cry, yeah. What does that say? About yeah. You? Exactly. <laughs> So anyways, Dr. Phenis Horton, a.k.a. Professor Apollo. So I picked Apollo because Apollo is one of those Greek gods that's always associated with light. But what I also like is it's also associated with being an oracle. An oracle is all-seeing, all-knowing. And obviously, Phoenix Horton is a very damn smart man. Very. You know, so Dr. Phenis Horton, and I want to play him as one of those characters. You know, it's like kind of what Jor-El is doing. You know, I gave you my son. You're not using him correctly, so I will destroy your planet. Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of fits the same regard for Dr. Horton. I gave you my son. You're not using him correctly. You know, You've, you guys have gotten worse. And especially with the state of the Marvel Universe post-Secret Empire. If you think of some of the Marvel, actually, I think the last two events were, if I remember correctly, Civil War II and Secret Empire. That's the hero screw in the pooch. That's not a bad guy coming to power. That is the good guys. They did not stay on their guard. And no. It happened. You know, so to him, it's like, you know, I was around for World War Two. I watched Nazis. I fought Nazis. And this is what it is. Now we have the Nazis here. So that's what's fueling his rage. So that's my that's my character. That's my Mr. Oz. So, again, the emotional connection is he's related. He's the father of the first Marvel
0: character. And Jim Hammond is around. So he-
1: yeah, So Jim's still around. So that could be kind of neat that, you know, eventually Jim's going to get plucked or, you know, whatever the new invaders team is or the. Brave, the brave years or whatever they're calling themselves. They're basically the invaders. So yeah. that team will get pulled and it's like, well, what's going on here?
0: I got to ask. So if you remember after, uh, Avengers, the initiative, when they had camp Hammond for all the young, yes, new Avengers, the, the people uh, the that people with powers the, that the, they needed the teams, to, yeah, to register and all. Yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. They, well, I mean, they called it the camp Hammond. They put up a statue of Jim Hammond right there in the middle of the, the camp. Right. Does that place still exist? Does Does Jim Hammond go and see? Like, hey, uh, okay, that's this is a little strange.
1: I think that's a question for um, Axel Alonso. No, because he doesn't know anything about comics. Oh, oh. uh dance Oh, it's true. That'd be a dance slot <laughs> uh, question. But no, but he, that's actually a good question. But I and it kind of I'm glad that we're we're finding some symmetry here. Because Superman, when he died, there was a big statue of him, and it's kind of like, well, okay, I'll I'll leave it there. Yeah, that's true. There is a big
0: statue in the middle of Metropolis for him. Uh, So yeah, you gotta wonder. Yeah, so but I mean,
1: that's a good question. Like, I mean, honestly, after the initiative, I mean, once Norman came to power and the initiative went dark, but what happened? You know, did they just say like, oh, never mind, the law's gone, who cares, you guys don't have to stay teams, we're not going to help you, blah, 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 blah. Because at one point, everybody, like S.H.I.E.L.D. and Avengers became one, Mm -hmm. and now we don't know what the hell's what. So hopefully next week with Marvel Legacy, we'll start getting some fixes, but that would be a good thing to explore. Is there still Camp Hammond? Is the initiative still going? What's happening?
0: Is there a team in every state? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, so that, that actually brings up some neat stuff. So maybe that'll be some stuff I can play with in the, you know, that's the legacy of his son. So he'll use that to destroy the world. Okay. Be, maybe, maybe. It's good. I like this. Okay. So my three characters that would be kidnapped. All right. So Tim Drake being the sidekick, a leader of the Teen Titans, a very computer savvy person and things like that. A good leader. So that's my draw. So I, I tried to grab characters that are dead or gone. So being dead is a good call for, car for Cyclops. So he didn't really die the way we saw him die because the same thing, he got plucked out. So, you know, Phoenix Horton being able to create mandroids that look very realistic. Yeah. Why couldn't he just toss a Cyclops one there? And that's what we saw die. So he pulls Cyclops because not only does he get a tactician leader, a strong character, but he also takes the mutants off the playing field.
0: See, And I, I mean, don't, I, I like Cyclops. I like, I like the, the pull. Um, I, I honestly thought you were going to go Toro. So
1: I, yeah, but he, even he's a tough character. And like, unfortunately they brought Toro back to life. Like he actually died. Yeah. He died six feet under they brought him back to life and they didn't do anything with him. Hmm. You know, even him and Jim, it wasn't like a big, like, Oh my God, you're back to life. This is a great moment. It was just kind of swept under the rug. So interesting. I, I just didn't feel he had the pool. Yeah. You know, no, fair enough. Um, my next character, my doomsday, my big machine of destruction, Hulk, Hulk Bruce Banner. And the uh, same thing, I want to take him at a point where he's, so when the Hulk died.
0: By, with Clint Barton <laughs> shooting him in the head with an arrow?
1: Yeah, so when, when the Hulk died, it was actually Bruce Banner. Right. So apparently the, the eyes flickered green and he died. So at that point, well, again, what if it was a mandroid that was killed? You know, what if it was another human looking android? And part of what, what, what Dr. Horton wanted was he did that. He put the, the green tint in the eyes to activate so Hawkeye would capitalize on that. So Bruce has been pulled off the playing field, you know. And again, not only do you get yourself, you know, a big hulkish monster, but you also get the bonus of a very smart scientific mind. So that might even be a character that may be sympathetic mm-hmm. for what Horton's going to do. The next character that I pulled, so obviously with it being Mr. Mixleplik, which is a very strong character that does not adhere to any laws, I thought to myself, well, if you remember some issue of Action or Fantastic Four during the burn years, he actually wrote it that basically that was the same character. He would just cross over to one universe and and go into the (laughs) other. And, you know, like, oh, those four people are so annoying. Or, gosh, that one guy, he's so oh, he's just such a steel-headed jerk, you know? So there was dialogue that was putting it out there where you're like, whoa. So I went for The Impossible Man. Wow. Now, The Impossible Man, again, it's like, well, wait a minute, what do you mean? I'm taking him because The Impossible Man has connections to the Fantastic Four. Mm -hmm. And if anybody, if we're talking about the first hero, well, when you talk first, you should always talk about the first family Mm -hmm. and basically the first characters of the Marvel Universe. So... I want impossible man to be taken off the field because he's going to be the only person who can find Reed and Sue since they're missing somewhere in the multiverse. So what's the overall plan? Same thing. The Marvel universe is shit right now. I say that very boldheartedly, but it is. The heroes are not heroes. They're not aspiring. And even if you talk about, well, Marvel's always been about the everyday man. Well, then the everyday man's a jerk. <laughs> you know, These heroes are not rising up to the challenge. We have children who have to step up to be the heroes. So the heroes who have been around have failed us. And, and Dr. Horton sees it. It's like, wow, you are the children of my heroes. And this is what you've taken our earth to. Then we're taking it back so ultimately he's going to start doing the same thing he's going to put it out there he's going to take advantage of the hydra sympathizers and be like hey what if i could offer you a new better way so it's the same thing he'll play that same card where it's like look i'm giving you the choice but you're not and so ultimately he's done with humanity because part of this is isn't horton dead mm-hmm. yeah so maybe that's my little scapegoat where hey it's not jor after all yeah. it's ultron
0: Oh. Yep,
1: Ultron is going to be the one playing this out because he wants the human race gone. And that's what's going on. I
0: mean, so. is there been any interaction between Ultron and the and the original Human shorts, Jim Hammond? Cuz well, it seems like that would be uh, something that the two that should be explored.
1: Well, back in the day, so when they were playing with this, the or the the, the first origin of the Vision was he was built by that's right. the Vision. But what was he built from? The body of Jim Hammond Hammond Ah. with the mind of Wonder Man. So just playing kind of one of those big X-Men family trees. But I'm going to take it a step further. So let's go back. Let's loop it back in. So, yeah, it's basically Ultron because I want that red herring. I do not believe it's Jor-El. You know, granted, yes, the covers look that way. Uh, Some of the material looks that way. I am not buying it one bit. I do not believe it's Jor-El. So I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna punk my readers, and I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, Dr. Phoenix Horton, and we're gonna watch those sales spike, and any one of his little appearances are gonna go up in value, and then it's gonna turn out to just be an Ultron story in the end. And what does Ultron wants? The complete and utter destruction of humanity. And this also, I'm gonna have a little backdrop. This is going to be a redemption tale for Hank Pym, and I'm finally going to get it out there once <laughs> and for all that Hank Pym is a good guy. If I'm going to save anybody in the Marvel Universe, I'm going to save
0: Hank. So, you know, it's funny that you bring that up, and I, I know we already passed this point, but I was uh, – because in the Champions book, I want to say, they did a little talking of like Nadia and Viv, uh, Viv Vision, right. talking to each other, and she's like, so – Hank Pym is my father, and he created Ultron, who's kind of like your grandfather, so I'm your great aunt, or (laughs) something like that. (laughs) So that was like... I was like, "Wow, that that is kind of true." Or I guess grand, I don't know how what kind of great grand aunt, aunt or yeah, something, yeah. Whatever, grand aunt or yeah, whatever, grand or whatever. But weird.
1: that's awesome because it's true. Yeah, I'm glad, and that's one of the reasons why I'm glad Mark Wade Mark Wade is writing this because he's gonna be the guy who remembers stuff like that. Because I think about that all the time. Like when I look at two of those characters standing there, I'm like, you know, there's a connection that nobody's talking about. Like I'm so pissed at Marvel with the X Men because you mentioned Rachel Summers earlier. She should have had a big say in what was going on in AVX because for like damn near thirty years she was the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. She didn't have any crazy planet-eating days. No. Nope. What did she do that could control the Phoenix? So she basically should have bitched, slapped Captain America and Cyclops, and been like, "Look, I'm going to tell you what's going wasn't on." Wasn't she
0: off off-world at that point? Wasn't she still hanging around with? No, the, I think she was still there. The Shi'ar. No, I think she was still. No,
1: oh, that was definitely what that era you're talking about. That was a long time before AVX.
0: Oh, okay. You know? Fair but, Yeah,
1: they should have taken advantage of that. You know.
0: All right. Well, uh, with all that being said, that's our challenge. Uh, Chris went went in the wayback machine. He went into the far, <laughs> far. You know the long boxes way back there, and he pulled out Doctor. I went Phineas to the dime bin. <laughs> he went into the dime bin. No, I mean if you had some, if you have some original uh, Human Torch stuff, I don't think you should be in the, the dime bin. That, that's uh, some well, yeah, idea. no, that would definitely be in the
1: like <laughs> go get it CGC bin. Doesn't matter even if it's a point five copy.
0: <laughs> so uh, if you were interested in this challenge, or if you're reading uh, The Oz Effect, we'd love to hear from you. If you who uh, read anything else that was interesting this week, we'd love to hear from that too. If you want to get a hold of me, I'm on Twitter as at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Chris is also on Twitter as stuff I should say should being spelled S-H-U-D. The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, and Facebook.com backslash Geek Elite Radio. Check out our Facebook or our website, I'm sorry, Geek Elite mm-hmm. for archives episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio network, as well as a new segment that we're trying to start up here, Chris's Comic Book Corner. He already put out a roadmap to the Secret Empire, which uh, definitely gives you the issues that you want to start at and uh, go th- read to get uh, the the big picture, I guess, of of what Secret Empire was, is, and was trying to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, so th- this this roadmap was inspired. Um I love a a hero's tale. I love it. I I love the fall from grace and I love the rise to redemption. I think those are massively important stories. So for me, um, like obviously I missed Captain America. I've been reading the Captain America books sporadically. But when I, I want to say it was Captain America Volume 4, the when September 11th, the post-September 11th book happened, I was on that book religiously, and I, I read it all the way through every issue, even the Robert Kirkman stuff, which was awful. Sorry, buddy.
0: Um, <laughs> you know how to write zombies, not so much Captain America. Yeah, his,
1: his Marvel work was something else. But anyway, so, and, and then we've been blessed with great stuff. I mean, we had uh brew baker on there with the winter soldier epic that inspired so much of the mcu um then after brew baker left we got uh rick remeter and he did some good stuff at the start and then now we have nick spencer and nick spencer gets a lot of flack because of our current political world and you know people are they're reading into it Uh, Because if you understand, it takes a long time for comics to happen. You can't just watch what's going on and think to yourself like, oh, let me write up this 30 page script and then give it to my artist buddy who lives somewhere else in the country or maybe in another country. And then we're just going to turn it around real quick. You know, that'd be amazing. But it takes a lot for comic books, even just even when it gets to the hands of the people who are publishing it that takes a lot as well. So it was just kind of a happy coincidence about, okay, let's, let's think about what could be happening. So a lot of, I don't know what the right word is, but a lot of feeling went into it. But the good thing is it did get people talking. Um, So I'm going to put my voice out there. And I think if you really want to read this story, instead of just reading the the 10 part miniseries with all the extra tie-ins, Read the Captain America books. Now, I know some of you may be looking at that and being like, well, why didn't he include the Sam Wilson book? This is a Steve Rogers story at its heart. So that's why I put it that way. You know, there's definitely nice beats in there. Like, you know, obviously Black Widow, she had some moments in there. Rick Jones, as you referenced earlier. They're, they're vital characters that are in the story, but they all have a ramification because of Steve's actions. So that's why I put it the way I did. Um, I hope you enjoy it and also what's neat about these bind are these these uh road as i call them if you get into comic book binding i would love to have and this is marvel where we need you listening if you want somebody working in your collected editions i'd love <laughs> to be there because this is how you need to do your stories nobody wants to pick up one trade read an issue put it down pick up another trade read a different issues we want to read it in its entirety and this is how you can get the full secret empire experience start at the pleasant hill and work your way through so i hope you enjoy it i will try to do more if you have a certain character that you'd like to learn more about and pick my brain let me know you can find me as i mentioned earlier and i'd love to do some legwork for that
0: and uh, so yeah if if you check out our website geekleetradio.com, you can find that article there and until next time this has been imagine if on the Elite radio network saying always remember to geek, geek out, out. We now return you to
1: your regularly scheduled program.